The sermon for this evening is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 6, verses 19 to 24. Uh, the sermon is entitled, Joyfully Lutheran, the Seventh Commandment. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You shall not steal. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in any dishonest way, but help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. It's all a matter of contentedness. Similar to the ninth and 10th commandments, the seventh commandment also is similar in the matter of contentment. Being content, what is that? It means we are at peace, we are uh, satisfied, we have happiness. And when I dwell on that word contentment, it always reminds me of what we always sing here after the sermon, hymn 805, uh, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Not just some blessings, right? But all blessings. The greatest blessing is our treasure as we just saying in hymn number 730 that Jesus is our treasure. He is. Our Lord gives us all things. Connecting to the first article of the creed, I believe in God, the Father, almighty maker of heaven and earth. We very well know that our Lord is the Father of all creation, that He gives us not just some things, but he gives us everything. That there in faith we trust that he gives us. As we are reminded, as we, as we pray daily, give us this day our daily bread. That he gives us the entirety of our lives and our existence and our being and in the daily provisions that we have. And we thank the Lord for all of it. Not out of any merited me, Right? or you, but out of the fatherly divine goodness he provides for us. Think about that. Everything comes from our Lord. His gracious gifts. And most importantly, the bread of life, John 6. The one who satisfies, the one who quenches the thirst, who satisfies the hunger. It is our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, the truest bread of life, as he gives us the great gift of salvation. Living under the Lord is our gift of contentment. Living under the Lord is our picture, our portrait of what it means to be whole, one with God. As He is our Father, and we are His true children. We have everything. Do you believe this? Do you believe you have everything in the name of the Lord? Now, the Israelites... They went through many things, and now we see the story as we see their pilgrimage to the promised land, and, and we see how they, that first generation, many of them fell to disbelief, and many of them, most of them, literally most of them, would never meet or see the promised land as we went through the study of Joshua in the last couple months. But there, as they, in that next generation, we remember that story about the sin of, uh, of Achan, Right? This story of Achan reminds us quickly that Israel was under the fatherly care of the Lord. 
But even then, we hear the story about Achan. And even then, we see that there still lies temptation in the flesh that covets contentment. Though Israel was under the fatherly care, even seeing in that most improbable conquest of Jericho, the walls so high, but by the sound of the trumpet on that seventh day, seven times they marched around with a great and glorious, finally, as Joshua said, shout, and they shouted. And all the walls came crumbling down. The walls fell flat. And what were they to do with all the treasured things? They were to give it to the Lord, right? But soon after, what happened? Because of someone's sin, they lost at the battle at Ai. A seemingly easy victory, it seemed. But yet... They lost 36 people in all, and they were in great fear. But it was the sin of Achan that caused the whole congregation of Israel to lose. Now, after looking through all the tribes, Joshua finally found Achan, and, and he confessed, Achan did. He said, I've sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I did when I saw, when I saw, among the spoil, a beautiful cloak from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels. A bar of gold weighing 50 shekels. Then, after I saw it, I coveted and then I took them. And then what happened? He hid them inside his tent. We see how this has unfolded in such a unique way. Achan saw it and it was good and and this beautiful cloak, the shekels, the riches, the allure, these goods. He thought it would bring him great comfort. And all the meanwhile, he's ignoring the commands of the Lord as his covetous heart was guiding him. He took them and hid all of it in his tent. He saw, he took through that covetous heart. And likewise, our first parents, same rhythm, same pattern. They did the same. So when the woman saw that tree was good for food, saw, right? And that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, what happened? She took and she ate. They saw, they coveted, and they took. The elusive quest for contentment. Now in our book, Joyfully Luther and Matthew Harrison, our president of the Synod, writes, Contentment is elusive no matter how much money one possesses. If mammon is my God, I will be eyeing the wealth of others and seeking in a sinful way to lay hold of what is not mine. Now, the undercurrent of the seventh commandment is indeed not only the act of stealing, but the motivation which begins in that sinful heart, the motivation that is rooted in those idols of material wealth, of, of money, and of mammon. And even more, how we chase this mammon. It becomes who we are as we are identified by this mammon, as we find great comfort in this mammon, and we find great security in this 
mammon. And all the meanwhile, failing to see not only failing to see that God is truly our God, but failing to see the the first article of the creed, failing to give thanks to the Lord for the daily bread that He gives. But rather we become our own little gods as we will and go wherever we please, all for the earthly kingdom of riches. Now Luther, in our study a while back about the large catechism, he talked about uh, the seventh commandment in a sense where it sometimes isn't so overt. That it is a subtle manipulation in the marketplace, merchants trading skills for skills, and, and sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes people overcharge for services. Sometimes people charge for services that are not even needed. And indeed, we see a world today that is always trying to find the advantage, right? From the big corporations to even your local shop, your local store, your, your local mechanic or, or dentist or plumber down the street. I think for each and every one of us, I think what we realize is that that if our faith, if our being, if our identity is consumed by these very things, and these things like Aiken, bar of gold, shekels, fine clothes, if these things become our idol, and so easily they have or will, they will dictate how we act according to our neighbor. It all connects. When it comes to mammon, that is one place to which in our sinful flesh loves to keep for itself. Whether it is Achan or the story of the tax collector Zacchaeus or even Judas himself, this commandment addresses the covetous heart that seeks its own welfare, its own material being before anyone else and thus when we are so stuck in our idols, in our mammon, we fail to see our neighbor and their need because we hold so tightly to what we want rather than what God has called us to do as we place our own hearts, our own greed, our own covetousness in the forefront. But Jesus says in our gospel today in Matthew 6, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and money. Which one is it? For you. Which one is it for you? I think at times, I think for all of us, how at times this mammon can get the worst of us as it reaches into our pocket and as we, with our hands, grip it so tightly as if it's everything to us. Right? So bothersome it may become even when we Let's say give offering at church, like tithing. How it become that internal struggle of, man, I, do I want to give this? I, I really like my money. I really want to keep it for myself. 
because it's mine. I worked for it. It's mine. I deserve it. It's mine. I did everything for it. It's mine. It's easy to love and cherish and put up high that pedestal of mammon as if it's everything to us. I mean, we hear it in life, right? Young adults, parents, anyone. Don't we hear it in life where people say, work hard, which is good. Go to a great school, which is good. Get a job, which is good. Find a big house, which is good too. It's not inherently bad, right? A fancy car and live the life, which is good. These are all blessings that we have, right? They are not sinful in themselves. But when they become who we are and what we are questing for as if that's everything in our lives rather than God, well, that's where this sin comes in. But in the big picture, what is mammon in the midst of our flesh and sin? What is mammon in the midst of death? Can we take our treasures when we die? We can't. Earthly treasures, moth and rust, will destroy. What is mammon against the power of the devil? What can that do? Can you pay off the devil to have him go away? No, he, he keeps on coming after us, attacking and attacking. This mammon, to that big picture, means nothing at all. And though we cherish it, we are called to repentance. It is in this repentance where Jesus shows us and, and follows through and, and serves the Father's will, who came not to be served, but to serve as a ransom for many, where the treasure is Christ himself, who did not die for us by gold or silver, but by his precious body and blood, Jesus paid the price, the ransom, the payment, enduring the punishment for our sins. Your welfare is his primary importance. Your being is his primary care. For Jesus came not with greed, not with covetousness, but with your life on his heart and mind. Where there on his heart and mind, he kept the commandments perfectly. He lived faithful without any sin, without covetousness, without greed, without self-interest, without mammon on his heart, without idols in which we are all guilty of. But Jesus, our Messiah, the one true Savior, he lived his life for you, to die for you, to take upon himself, charging upon himself, your covetousness, your greed, self-interest, selfishness, all the mammon, there Jesus takes it, all that sin he bore. So that he may be your Lord, the Lord of grace, rescuing you from sin and every evil. So that by his very work, in his death and resurrection, he delivers you the greatest treasure. The keys to eternal life, forgiveness, and salvation. This is your greatest treasure, which moth and rust will never destroy. Because by the promise of God, there we have our Christ's. Nothing can destroy our Lord and His Word. 
because he is God, because he is our Savior. He is the victor over death. He is the victor over the sting of death as he swallows it up all by way of his resurrection. Earthly treasures can't do that. Only Christ's. The eternal treasure, right? The eternal treasure, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and indeed by his saving work you have the greatest gift. The most glorious treasure. The forgiveness of sins. There you are cleansed. Do you believe this? That all your sins are forgiven. All of them. All of them wiped away. The greatest treasure is, is that you are reconciled to God, that you are with God, that you are clothed with Christ, that His grace, His body and blood covers you. The greatest treasure is, is that not even this devil can overcome you because Jesus has crushed the head of Satan. You are under the shadow of the Lord's wing. You are satisfied. You are full your thirst has been quenched all by the work of our Lord. And what joy this is. How joyfully we go. Harrison Rice, as we conclude, I am joyfully Lutheran because I know full well that despite my constant propensity to value money and possessions more than God himself, Jesus kept the seventh commandment perfectly and in my place. Jesus is my God. My heart shall not be ruled by greed. I am free to use money and possessions in service to Christ and neighbor. Yes, indeed, you are free to do these things because you have already been set free. And thus you go in His name the one who has set you free as he continues to provide, redeem, and continues to lead you in this one true faith. That is your treasure. Not mammon, not silver or gold, but only the body and blood of Jesus. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.